For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm and submit no longer to the yoke of slavery. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Paul sings to the Galatians, drawing on all the voices of women and men, of enslaved and enslaving, of law-bound and lawless, all those who had experienced Easter, the liberating, boundary-shattering intervention of God, when God vindicated the righteous servant and child from the forces of violence and torture. Those believers knew the power of the risen Christ among them, healing them within and healing the divisions among them, remaking their relationships. Those believers enacted the story of Easter by being buried and raised in the waters of baptism. It was that Easter faith that birthed Absalom Jones, born a house slave in Delaware in 1746. It was that Easter faith that energized every page of the New Testament from which he taught himself to read. That faith made him know himself to be beloved and worthy in a society that named him a slave. Absalom Jones went to school. He married another slave and purchased her freedom, then his own in 1784. Absalom Jones preached that Easter faith at St. George's Methodist Episcopal Church, where he served as lay minister for its black members. Absalom Jones and his friend Richard Allen were so successful that there were more and more black members of St. George's. As the well-known story goes, one morning in view of the crowds of black members, the white vestry decided to segregate the blacks into an upstairs gallery in order to redraw and to strengthen the boundary that their society was built on. During a Sunday service when ushers attempted to remove them, Absalom Jones and his people indignantly walked out as one body. Faith in Christ and conviction of their own worthiness gave the black Christians courage to organize the Free African Society under the oversight of Absalom Jones and Richard Allen. And gathering together other black communities of Christians nearby, they built a church and dedicated it on July 17, 1794. And as you know, the rest of the story, the African church applied for membership in the Episcopal Diocese of Pennsylvania on the conditions that they be received as an organized church, that they have control over their local affairs, and that Absalom Jones be licensed as lay reader, and if qualified, be ordained. In October 1794, 
the church was admitted as St. Thomas African Episcopal Church, and Bishop White ordained Jones as deacon in 1795 and as priest in 1802. Absalom Jones, knowing his worthiness, hearing his call, confirmed by his community, the first African-American Episcopal priest. Jones became known fondly as the black bishop of the Episcopal Church. The liturgical calendar offers us the discipline to remember the saints, to tell the story of their faith and to see how that faith was lived out in a time when the culture and customs were different than our own. The historical memory of the liturgical year is an antidote to forgetting, erasing, and making invisible their story of faith and suffering. In the case of Absalom Jones, the reality of racial discrimination in America and in the Episcopal Church. <coughs> Michael Eric Dyson, professor and Baptist minister, has written Tears We Cannot Stop, a sermon to white America. And in that searing and moving book, he appeals to white Christians on the basis of our shared identity in Christ and in baptism. Much as Father Emma Kotongole was talking about at the Payne Black History Month lecture on Thursday night, the shared identity of baptism. Dyson speaks of the willful innocence, willful ignorance, and willful denial by white American Christians, and of the privilege of not seeing in what Gore Vidal calls the United States of amnesia. Dyson's sermon is hard to read and hard to hear its truth, but it's possible to hear it by hanging on to the faith we share, upheld by Christ, who for freedom has set us free. White people have the privilege to be able to forget that history. And the liturgical calendar helps us with that discipline. I think it was in 2012 or 2013 when an African-American student came to my office. It was one of those visits one doesn't forget. And she said, we don't celebrate Black History Month here at the Seminary of the Southwest. That's not okay. Let me tell you why that's a problem and why that's a big deal. For you see, Black History Month had fallen into neglect, the neglect that privilege makes possible. As I listened to my student and friend, I was filled with that deep shame that you feel when you hear the truth. So, we got together a committee 
and leadership and a budget and program, and we tried to invite some guests. And we began to remember. We began to tell the stories. We began conversation about hard truth. And in these past several years, I have heard the most powerful truth from African-American students and alums and neighbors and members of UBE right at the tables in Knapp Auditorium, telling their truth of traffic stops and arrests and harassment and all the freedoms that I take for granted that they do not possess. It's those stories you hear from your neighbors and your peers. You cannot not hear them. And we've heard Asante Todd and Michael Curry and Emmanuel Contogole and read books that have opened our eyes. The New Jim Crow, Reconciling All Things, the documentary 13th. Opening our eyes to mass incarceration as the replication of slavery in 2016. So these conversations have begun. Both the liturgical calendar and Black History Month have been a discipline, an antidote against forgetting. And I pray that these will expand and the conversations deeper, deepen. And this truth that we hear in conversation and that we allow to change us would be impossible to face and the crime impossible to atone for. It would be a perpetual boundary entrenching tragedy were it not for the memory of faith and suffering of Absalom Jones and Richard Allen and all those African-American Christians in their community. If it were not for the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, bursting the fiercest boundaries, if it were not for the fact that we have been clothed with Christ, baptized into one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and immersed in the story of boundary-shattering liberating, loving, and reconciling God. Amen.